Pentecost Church. We have. It's good to see all of you. Thank you, George. I think that was George back there. Excellent. Uh, so we've we've worshipped the Lord through song. Uh, this is the time of our service where we continue to worship, and we worship. Uh, through the partaking of communion. And communion was a special meal uh, in... Communion was a special meal uh, and is a, remains a special meal in, the, in, in church history um, and part of our service. It's this time, it was the last time that Jesus and his disciples uh, got together and spent some time with one another. And they had this meal and it's not so much the food that's sacred, it's not the, the elements that we're about to eat that's sacred. But what was sacred about it was was their time together and what that represented. Um, so we're just, as we've done in the last few weeks, just want to pause for just a moment. We've we've had some time to to sing, and hopefully that's conjured up some images and some thoughts about about the Lord and about yourself and about our position before Him. Um, and so just just take the next next few minutes to take stock of your week. Uh, what's what's been going on what's been what's been good what's what's been bad where have you struggled where have you succeeded where have you been finding joy where has there been some misery um, and what is what is the lord doing in that what's uh what's the part that that he's playing there and so just take a, a few moments and then and then we're going to come forward and uh, john's going to play some music for us and uh just as you're ready come forward we're going to grab the 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 bread and the and the juice uh, we've got three different stations, one up here to my right, your left, one straight forward here, and then one over to your right, my left. So as you're ready, grab those, bring them back to your seat, and we'll, we'll partake in that together. So the night before he was betrayed, um, Jesus and his, and his friends were gathered together, and, and they're they having this meal, and they took bread, and Jesus picked it up, and he, and he broke it around the table and he said this is my body which has been broken for you do this in remembrance of me and as meals often do they continue on and later in the meeting or later in the meal he picked up the cup and he says this is this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, and as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Lord, thank you that um, you have called us to a supper and to a meal and, and to this time where we get to gather together with you as, as one body. I pray that the, the message would be pleasing to you, the words would be helpful to us as a body, and that we would continue to love those around us and come to love you more. If you are little, this is the, uh, the time of, of our service where you can head on out this side door. There is a, a team of folks mainly Julie, Scott and Jewel, and Nicole. I think Naomi may be back there as well. Bob's going to be back there keeping everybody safe and sound. So hustle on over that direction. Thank you to the Hoffmans and to Julie and to Nicole for, for giving us a hand with that. That is a huge help. Also, thanks to Sandy for keeping me on point and keeping this thing rolling in the transition. Uh, there are a few things that, that will be missed and dropped, as I learned to understand 
how and when to remind people appropriately. But we're getting there. So uh, if you are a guest, welcome. If you are not, uh, welcome as well. But we are Communitas Church. We are a church that is here to love God and love people and to reach out to the world. Um, and we feel called to this area right here, uh, the area where we, where we live and we work and, and we, we have life. So this message today, uh, as I was preparing it, I was thinking, man, this is, this is going to get a little, this could get a little philosophical for some. And for some of us, like our ears just perked up, we're like, oh, a philosophical message. That will be delightful. I'm looking forward to something like that, something to pontificate over. And some of us are like, dude, if you lecture me, I'm, I'm just running the stage, like whatever. And so as a result, I, I hear that, right? I, I don't want this to, this isn't going to be a philosophical lecture. I don't ever want to lecture to you. I always want to make sure that whenever we are presenting from the stage, uh, that that's something that makes sense and is accessible uh, to people. But then also realizing that, you know, there's a wide gamut of us and we, you know, some of us are going to get more out of certain messages than others. Uh, and so this one might be a little more on the philosophical side. And if, if that, if that strikes you, great. If it strikes against you, you know, bear with me. Be patient and grow a little. Uh, no. But so, and, and, and this can be part of a further dialogue. There's, this is kind of an intro to things to come, but this is, this is Solomon kind of setting up this worldview and, uh, you know, we've, that we've been talking about and he's continuing here. And, um, and so it's, it's, might deal with some things and maybe we'll do a Q&A later in, in the month or something like that or later in this series and you can ask your question and, and we can go from there. So at any rate, I have this love-hate relationship with time. So it is 10.45 now. Okay, good. I, I don't know what it is. Like I just, I've always just kind of had my own concept about how and particularly when things were supposed to happen. I just, you know, my dad would talk about it when, you know, growing up, I'm sure if you've got kids, you know, especially here in Minnesota, you're trying to get them out the door in the wintertime. How big of a pain is that, right? Like that's the reason for the Minnesota goodbye. It's not that it actually takes, takes us 30 minutes to get out the door. It takes us 30 minutes to get dressed and get five kids corralled and like, okay, you have your boots on. You're good. Just stay there. No, don't go off the rug. Stay, you know, just, okay, out the door. Here we go. You know, like, I think that's why it takes so long. And in the summertime, we're just finally relieved to just not have to deal with it, that it just takes us that long and we're just exhausted from the, the winter previous, right? So growing up, my dad would, you know, it was like, okay, Michael, here's the deal. You know, you, you've got the snowsuit that you want to wear and you've got the snowsuit that I'm going to put you in. You've got five minutes and whatever you want to wear, man, that's, that's what you got. So you got five minutes. And of course, I would just kind of do my thing. Cause I was like, I, I don't want to do this in five minutes. I'll, maybe I'll do it in six or whatever. And so as a result, there were some days where I got to dress myself and go out how I wanted to. And then there were other days where I just, you know, my dad's like, Oh, that's the, okay. Yeah. You didn't, you make your bed, you sleep in it. So here you wear this thing that, you know, you don't really want to do, but that's part of, it's kind of just part of who I am. And, and in some ways that serve me negatively, but then in other ways, in another cult, especially, you know, culturally, that has served me really well as far as, you know, sometimes we have those moments where the rush isn't helpful, right? Like this, this timeliness and this orderliness isn't helpful. There's this time where presence takes over and the need to be aware that time is ticking uh, can maybe take just a bit of a backseat. 
And so I've always, and so this is just kind of continued to be this thing that I've, I've been, I've been curious about. And, and, uh, I felt a little bit validated a couple of years ago. I was reading this book and it talked about the, the six innovations that changed the, changed the world. I think it's called How We Got to Now or something. These two guys wrote it. Johnson was their last name. Both of them, ironically. Um, but, uh, one of the things they said was, was time and this idea of the clock, right? So, uh, most of us, um, if we, if we have a wristwatch, we have it set to a certain time. But now my wristwatch is going to read a little bit differently than maybe Phil's wristwatch, than Nick's, uh, than Megan's, than Trevor's, than Casey's. You know, and so, but then, you know, we, we continue to fast forward and now we have our, our smartphones. And if, so if I take out my smartphone, uh, I've got 1047. Everyone take out their smartphone. What, does anybody have anything, anybody outside of 1047? I think most, you're not going to get in trouble for taking out your smartphone in church. It's cool. 1047, everybody 1047? You know, okay, so, and so there's this standardization. There's this rhythm that now we, we're kind of sunk up to and that we get ingrained into. And so there's this battle back and forth of just, okay, so when, when do we do this? And so we want to articulate this and we want to, want to try to get into time. But there's also this kind of this weird anxiety that happens, right? Like we're just like, oh gosh, I'm, I'm, he was supposed to be here at 10 o'clock and I have 10 o'clock, which means that he has 10 o'clock, which means that why isn't he here at 10 o'clock? And we just get a little wigged out, right? And Solomon, uh, in the message that we're going to get into today, he's going to say, yeah, that, you know, like be aware of that, but that isn't what is controlling you. That isn't our ultimate kind of, there isn't a, there isn't a, uh, um, that isn't all there is to it. There's more, there's more to what's going on. Um, so just a little bit of review, just to kind of catch us up, make sure we're all on the same page. This summer, we've been talking about the grandness and the glory and the beauty of God and, and this abundant grace that he's lavished out upon us. And then we went into this book of Ecclesiastes and we talked about the first week Solomon talked about uh, this idea of, of heaven, of vapor. Everything is, is kind of this mist. And we talked about how it's, you know, like the smoke. And so we have this you know, very physical, very tangible thing that all of a sudden in time just fades away. And within the next few minutes, this will just be what it is. There will no longer be that smoke. And so that's kind of this idea of this life and that there's, there's an importance to understanding that and that how that will move us into right understanding and right living. And then, uh, then we dove, we dove a little bit deeper into that. We talked about how Solomon as he was you know, going through life, he says, hey, look, I, I, I realized that I had all this wealth and I'm going to embark on this little, this little experiment and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to party. I'm going to throw these just sick, epic parties and just the volume of, of wine that's going to be made is going to be unfathomable. Like the weight of the meat that we're going to eat is just, oh, puts diners, dives in and drives like to shame. And then he says, and then I'm going to get to building." And I'm going to, I mean, the park service has nothing on the amount of real estate that I am going to cultivate and make awesome. And that like the department of agriculture would be in shock at what I'm going to grow and what I'm going to do. And like Monsanto doesn't hold a candle to what I got going on. And at the end of it, he's just going to go meaningless. Like that wasn't the point. That wasn't what was ultimately going to satisfy me. There was something more out there. And so one thing that we sometimes miss in, um, in kind of our, our weekly uh, service is that, uh, you know, this, this book of Ecclesiastes, these 12 chapters, we're going to go over them in about, you know, over 12, maybe 12 weeks, maybe probably a few less. But 
when Solomon would have been having this conversation with these people, when he's, he's sitting around the fire, you know, kind of sitting in the living room, this would have all happened in one conversation. And so it's nice for us to kind of have the time to, to, you know, listen, kind of get a chunk, think about it for a little while, have a couple days to roll it around. But then sometimes we also miss this, this transition. So here's where he's got us. So he's, we're, we're moving into this. And so we've come out of this thing where he's, he said, yeah. All this stuff was really fun. I had a great time doing it, but it ultimately didn't satisfy me at a soul level. And then he launches into uh, Ecclesiastes 3, and he puts himself into this poem. So if you have a Bible and want to pull it out, we're in Ecclesiastes 3. If you have a smartphone and you want to follow along on your device, Ecclesiastes 3. And he says, For everything there's a season and a time for every matter under the sun. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to seek, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Just a side note, if anybody thought that Solomon and Ecclesiastes was really depressing, notice that he ended on a nice positive note there. There's a time for peace. And so what is he doing here? There's, there's all these things happening in this, in this world of space, right? So Solomon, you know, he goes out and, and he's, he's setting up and he's trying to get us out of, so, so often we, we have our imagination and we, we kind of conjure up this image of God and this, and this way that God is that fits with our own human understanding of ourselves, but just kind of amplified, you know, just more. And while that isn't necessarily inaccurate, there's a piece of it that falls short. And so, and, and Solomon is saying, yeah, that's good, but now I want to round that out. I want to complete this meal. And so he's giving us these lenses so that we can kind of make sense of, of more of this. And so as we look through this poem, we see a lot of things that are happening in the physical world. And Solomon is starting to set up and, and kind of display, hey, look, yeah, God is in space and he wants us to do things that are in space but there's also this this time element that we've got to deal with and i need you to understand that because in the in the coming chapters we're going to get about he's going to start talking about uh, political systems world government how we treat people justice and injustice and he's, he's setting it up to kind of say hey look if you don't understand god in this way none of this over here is going to make sense And he's saying, yeah, so there's this, there's this world of space that, I, that I'm existing in. And, and now, how many of us uh, know or have been or currently are uh, royal family members with endless resources at our disposal? And not just, you know, show of hands. Anybody? 
Nobody. Okay, so, so there's this piece where Solomon say, hey, you know, not everybody can understand what I was going through and what I did, but I'm going to make this observation that we're all inside of this world of space and we all have a certain control over that space. I own a coffee cup. That is something that I own, that I, 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 God has given to me to steward. Um, and so I, I put water in here with lemon and I drink that while I preach. Now, um, and I have control over that. Some of us have other possessions over which we're, we're, we're in control, right? Some of us have more things, more stuff than others. That isn't good or bad. Solomon isn't going to get into this here. But it's this idea that we have something that we, over which that we have control. These things that God has given us to steward. And some of us have more and some of us have less. However, all of us have the same amount of time. Not the same amount of time on this earth, years stacked up, but in this moment, in this present time right here, we all have this moment. If we are living and breathing, there is a time, this, this moment right here in which we are present. And Solomon is getting at so this idea when later he's going he's gonna to continue on and say, what gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its, what? In its time. And he has also put eternity into man's heart. And so it's not just this idea that there is this eternity that's in the future, but it's waking us up to this idea that there's more to time than just the ticking on my watch and being somewhere at a certain time, but there's also a depth of presence that the Lord is bringing about that Solomon is saying, you got to wake up. you got to see this. This is really important. Time has been going on for years and years before you. Time is going on here and it's going to continue on long after you're gone. And the Lord is outside of that and he's over that and he works through that and in that. And so there's, there's this wisdom, you know, this idea, this, you know, this fear of the Lord that Solomon talks about that he's trying to get us to wake up and to see. There's this, this book in the Bible, Job, and it's about this man who has a bunch of stuff happen to him that's really, really unfortunate. And just to kind of summarize and, and get to the point, there's this dialogue that, that Job and, and God are having, and, and, and God answers some questions for Job, right? Like, I, I mean, talk about a conversation, right? You're like, you got some questions and, and God just like, I'm going to speak to you in the whirlwind. Here we come. And he says, and, and, and so he asked Job some questions. He's like, hey man, do you know where the sun sleeps? Have you walked the depths of the ocean? Because I, I have. And Solomon's dad, David, wrote a psalm, uh, Psalm 139, and he, he talks about how the Lord knows the very depths of our being. He, you know, he knew us before we were put together. And so there's this, all of a sudden we start to see, and Solomon's trying to wake us up to this idea of this God that is outside of time, who is before time, before creation. All this, this space that the Lord created in six days, on the seventh day, what did he do? He rests. And then what's the first thing that God calls holy? The seventh day. That's the first thing that God calls holy. And so it isn't, it isn't a space, right? Like that's the beauty of the Christian faith is we don't have a, a space that we go to. Like this building is sacred. Why is this building sacred? 
not because it's got cool floors and character and PJ did a good job making sure that we have some good sight lines here without, you know, taking those things down. Like that's not what's sacred about this building. What's sacred about this building is we come here and we gather and we're present with the Lord and with one another. And so Solomon is waking us up and saying, hey, this is really important. It's not just about, yeah, the, you know, the time I had with my friends was, was really cool. Um, and, and building all the parks and you know, planting all the forests, that was really great. And he's saying, you know, it's okay for you to enjoy your friends. It's, it's fine. Uh, last night we, we went down and hung out with some friends and played yard games and grilled out and whatever. It's a great time. And Solomon's saying, yeah, that's, that's good. Enjoy, enjoy that in that space. Enjoy this world here, this physical world. Um, you know, and then got to spend some time uh, working on some bikes, building some things. And, you know, there's this, you know, we've, we talked about how that's, that's a great thing. And Solomon said, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to build and to construct and to make. So, but there's this element of time that I need you to be aware of and you need to understand about God if you're going to truly live well and live wisely and live rightly. And we can talk about the seasons. And there's, you know, you can go to any bookstore in the country and about 80% of it's probably made up of self-help books to try to understand the different seasons through which we're moving. And Solomon is saying, hey, why not get with the God who, who's outside of those seasons and who's created those seasons and made those seasons and enter into that presence? And he's starting to pick away at this, this notion of time that we have. And he's calling us to think more deeply about it. And so kind of the question that he, that he leaves us with is what is that looking like in our lives? We've all been stewarded with all this, you know, this, this stuff, some of us more than others, but he's beginning to ask, Hey, if, if you're going to understand these seasons and if you're going to start to understand God, what does it look like in those present moments? What does that look like? What does the Lord's present look like presence in your life look like? How fast are you trying to move through these seasons? Are you just trying to get through high school so you can get to college, so you can get a job, so you can get a house, so you can get married, so you can have kids, so you can retire, so you can then do what you want to be happy? Solomon says, hey, look, I, I did that. I, I went through that phase and it didn't work. It was fun, but it didn't last. And he's waking up to this idea and trying to get us to come on board with this notion that the sacredness isn't in the doing, but in the being. And he's saying that, yes, the Lord has put eternity on our hearts, but the fullness of his, of his presence is equal to the length of eternity. And so he's saying, will you join me in that? He's got these people, they're sitting around in the room and he's saying, hey, Join in with this. 
so often we're looking for, you know, accumulation of facts. And so Solomon was sought by this guy, you know, he, he was sought by folks all over the world. They'd come in, they'd ask him for advice, ask him to pick through things, you know, just, hey, help me solve this. What's this? You know, and, and, he's, and he's solving all this stuff and he's got all this knowledge. But he's saying that's, that's not what it's about. And often in the Christian faith, we think, hey, we're going to, we want to stack up some knowledge. We want to get the right facts. We want to get, you know, get our theology systematized and we want to move forward. And Solomon's saying, that's great. Definitely need to spend some time thinking through some things or definitely some, some great, great bits of knowledge. And there's, there's, and there's wisdom in, in kind of systematizing some things and organizing thoughts in such a way that they're, they're presentable and people can understand. But he's saying, don't forget about time. Don't forget about the presence with the Lord. So what would our spiritual lives look like if we were less hurried and more present? I think the neat thing about this notion of time is that it it can't be conquered with or through space. And we see this with Paul. You know, whether he's whether he's hanging out with his friends or whether he's in prison, he's just like, man, this is, this is great. I'm with the Lord. That's totally outside of, of the circumstances that he, he finds in, in the physical. I want to end with this quote as the band comes back up. Say uh, a man named Abram Heschel. And he says, the higher goal of spiritual living is not to amass a wealth of information but to face sacred moments. And as we think about the seasons of our lives, weeping, laughing, mourning, dancing, silence, speaking, embracing, not embracing, war, peace. I'm not of the, um, you know, I'm, I'm of the, I, I understand that, that some of us, like we're coming in here at different points we got different things going on in our lives. Some of us are in different seasons. And Solomon's saying, yeah, like that's going to happen. But there's, there's a greater reality out there, and I want you to be aware of it, and we've got to start wrapping our heads around that. And he's saying it's, it's a mystery, and you're not going to know all of it, but I'm going to be with you. I'm present here. I've made these moments, and I'm going to use them for glory in time. Join with me. So Father, thank you for your words as always. May they continue to challenge us and may our, our picture of you um, become truer of who you are and how you are. And God, as we go about our week, help us to be more present with you present with others, that may we, we may come to love you more, know you more, and spread your kingdom wherever we are.